Here's the thing. My ass is twitching. Your people make my ass twitch. Bienvenue. Bonne nuit. Bonjour. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Oh, non, madame. Bonjour, madame. Uh, uh, je suis désolé. Bonjour, madame. Tu es mon mari. <rire> oh, 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 désolé, désolé, désolé. <rire> uh, tu, tu es prêt? Uh, baguette. <rire> oui, Marie, baguette. Bonsoir. Bienvenue à How Have You Not Seen This? Hey, everybody. You're not crazy. That was French. That was some kind of French. Mm -hmm. Uh... Apologies. I don't to like to brag, but French I'm listeners. pretty good at languages. You are very good at some languages. Mm -hmm. French is not one of them. No, it's not. No, I don't understand. It's all just, it's all you. glottal and the noses and the. I love it. The... Okay, well, you sound Israeli slash German now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I could probably do German better. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all this podcast is now. You and me just going gradually crazy on the mic. Gradually. These aren't even plugged in. No. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Um, Why so are we talking in French? We are uh, a podcast where a husband and wife watch, show each other movies that the other person should have seen by now. Mm -hmm. And this week, uh, this is number two in season two, mm -hmm. um, I have shown... Daniel, mm -hmm, one of my all-time... I know, I had to stare at you for a minute. One weird. of my all-time favorite rom-coms, French Kiss. Yep. Lawrence Kasdan's French Kiss, starring the possibly, I'm going to argue, original um, manic pixie dream girl, Meg Ryan. Really? Yeah. And Interesting. The sexiest of sexies, Kevin Klein. We're already just... You're making bold statements out of the gate tonight. <gasps> Smashing records left and right. With with we also have Jean Renault and mm -hmm. Timothy Hutton playing uh playing great roles too. Mm -hmm. Um and so let me tell you a little about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first let me say I got my I got my juice from the Wikipedia. <laughs> what? Juice. I got my juice from the, the Wikipedia. And um blame it on my juice, baby. Um, and also uh, an article from uh, the AV Club by Jesse Hassinger. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, we've got a 1995 romantic comedy film directed by Lawrence Kasdan, written by Adam Brooks. The film is about a woman who flies to France to confront her straying fiancé. That's actually not really accurate. What happens is um, Meg Ryan is an American who is in the process of becoming a Canadian so that she can marry her Canadian dentist yep. um, boyfriend, Charlie. Timothy Hutton, mm -hmm. Charlie. Mm -hmm. um, and he wants her to go to Paris with him. And she's like, no, because she's terrified of flying and has never flown before. Uh, so he goes and there, while he is at this conference, falls in love with and proposes to a goddess as they say in the movie. Mm -hmm. And Meg Ryan finally makes it onto a plane and goes over to Paris to get him back. Uh, she sees him. She meets this uh, ne'er-do-well, this sexy ne'er-do-well, okay. on the plane, Kevin Klein. Flight attendants, prepare for takeoff. Nous rappelons à nos voyageurs que l'usage des appareils électroniques est interdit durant le décollage de l'appareil. What was that? 
What did she say? That sounded serious. The pilot says there is a crack in the engine, but not to worry. He'd take off anyway. Uh, and they, their lives become intertwined in a humorous way. He is... He has stolen a necklace, a very expensive mm-hmm. necklace, and is also trying to bring a um, uh, vine over to make wine um, from America, and he hides it all in her bag so that he won't get caught. Uh, Jean Reno plays um, Kevin Klein's best friend. Jean Reno is a cop, like a big, big time cop, yeah. and he lets, he loves, um, he loves Luke who is Kevin Klein's character so much because uh, they fought together and Luke saved Jean Reno's life. Uh, he loves him so much that he lets him get away with like so much. He's just like, I try to save him from himself. Yeah. He's just always in trouble. He's an amazing friend, but kind of a terrible cop. Yeah. <laughs> He's a terrible cop. Like it's a terrible cop. It's not that he doesn't know who's co- committing the crimes. He knows exactly who's committing the crimes, but yes. he's like, nah, let's... He's like, I'll fix it. He's a nice guy. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Klein is outrageously hilarious. I adore him. He's brilliant. Uh, I wish there are like no clips of this movie on YouTube for me to put in. Uh, And I'm so sad. You have to just buy this movie. It's not streaming and tell. And why? Because Fox Mm -hmm. put it out. We're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's because. It's a, it was a Fox release, and now Disney owns Fox. And what Disney has done with a lot of older Fox movies is put them in its vault so that they're harder to come by. Yeah. This is actually affecting a lot of like repertory theaters across the country who want to show movies like Alien. They can't get those prints anymore. Nope. And like these again, these weren't favors. They weren't like, hey, let us borrow Alien for fun. Like we will give you money, American currency, to rent Alien and sell tickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. So they're locking it all up. We assumed because we're just we're so assuming. used to techno- technology now that that we could pay to rent this through some service. I didn't think it'd be bundled necessarily with Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video, but I thought surely I can pay to rent it on Prime Video because we've rented so many other movies that way. Yeah. No, not available to rent or stream anywhere. We had to buy the Blu-ray, which is really inexpensive, and I recommend it. Like it was, it's like eight. Nine bucks, and also so. I'm. It just makes me so happy that he's just left it in the Blu-ray. Yeah, thing because I it's, just sit there and. Mm-hmm. It's. I left it in the player. It's just going to be like the Blu-ray. Say the. I just mm-hmm. say the lines along with the actors. It's now basically a French Kiss player yeah. that is also capable of sometimes <laughs> playing other movies. But why would you? Uh, why would you mm-hmm. indeed? So anyway. Anyway. It's hard to come by, but worth it. Luke, um, and Luke and uh, Kate. Kate, Meg Ryan's Meg Ryan. mm-hmm. yeah, they uh, form this bizarre connection. It's really hilarious, and she's very uptight and very controlling. And he's very just—he's very French, and um, so he's trying to get his vine from her. She goes to the Georges V, um, Georges V, which is uh, a very fancy Four Seasons hotel in Paris, and. Um, Oddly enough, one of Kevin Klein's friends um, robs her when she faints upon seeing Charlie kissing the goddess. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to. I want you to see the movie. Yeah, basically, that's enough, that's it's enough of a basically setup it's like a, the adventure of them trying to get um, 
Luke is trying to get the necklace he thinks is in Kate's bag. Kate is trying to get Charlie back. Luke, they're slowly kind of falling mm-hmm. for each other, obviously. And the end is wonderful. And I want you all to see it, so I don't yeah, want to tell you more. And they come up with enough setup reasons to keep them together because they wind up sitting next to each other on the plane from Toronto to Paris. C'est la meilleure. So they, that's how they get to meet each other. And, of course, you know, like like Tracy said, Luke tries to smuggle the stuff back in Kate's bag. So he's trying to keep tabs on her and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. befriend her and stay close to her so he can get his stuff and then, of course, get it back when it, when it gets taken. And one of the ways he does this is he says, hey, you're here trying to get your guy back. I will help you get him back. Yep. Um, so I, l- let me help you. you. You don't know the territory. I know the people here. I will help you do that. Um, and... and so just let me let me do you a favor, and he's doing that to stick stick around with her, and so that's kind of what keeps them in the same place for a while. Yes, uh, yes, and that's really all you need. That's I mean that's that's kind of sets up the whole story. Yeah. So so first, tell me why have you not seen this? Uh, yeah, good question, and the name of the podcast so relevant. <laughs> uh, I actually realized uh, that uh, with our season two premiere for Running Scared, it had been so long since we'd done these regularly that I did not ask you how have you not seen this. Yeah, just, you did. I said I'd never heard of it. Oh, really? Yeah. I could have sworn I forgot to ask you no, entirely. No, you me. Okay. So even better. I did and I forgot. That's that's how uh, talented I am. Um, I did not see this because, well, I mean, it, it's one of the reasons that, that we answer a lot of. It didn't appeal to me when it came out because I was 13. I don't blame you. And uh, so imagine eighth grade Daniel, um, you know, a little sweaty, a little round, a little, oh, little, little doughy, a little yeah. pale strong opinions about Tolkien and uh, you know and in the Sega Genesis and you're like hey do you know what I think you would love a romantic comedy with Meg Ryan I'd be like mm-hmm. none of that sounds appealing to me right now like, no. no hard pass and so is this the Animaniacs then I don't want to watch it yeah, what are you talking about meanwhile you have 18 year old me yeah who this see, that's was just thing. made for right it's 18 year old you and it's France Kevin Klein. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 lethal. So, so I didn't see it at the time, obviously, and I knew of it because it was such a. I think it's a, it's a popular enough movie. Like it's it's in the pop culture ether. It is oddly enough, it got wildly mixed reviews. People Weird. like hated well, it. Roger Ebert hated it. Well, let's definitely chat about that. But like, so so I knew about it. Like it was around. Like I I remember seeing the trailer, you know. And so like when I saw the movie, finally there were bits of the movie that I remembered from the trailer yeah. from years ago. So mm-hmm. it's it was just. I think it was also one of those trailers that a lot of times you would see on VHS before other movies you'd rented, like yes. coming soon, you ah, know, to beautiful, <laughs> love it. Wish you were here. So, yeah. Uh, so I saw the trailer a lot. So I knew of it. But then, of course, by the time I got old enough to really like and appreciate it, I just kind of forgot about it. And one of the great things now, one of the great things that I love to do and that I think you do, too, is it's fun to rediscover movies from your own lifetime that like you just somehow missed you know that's what's so great like it's one thing if you, you mean our podcast yeah but no it's one thing if you haven't seen a movie from like the the like network's a great example you okay. know you were like a little kid you weren't even around that's you know true. like yeah so it's just one of those quote-unquote classics you know again i wasn't alive when rosemary's baby came out um but i was 13 i was well well aware of movies and pop culture and mm-hmm. so i knew of this when it came out i just passed it by mm-hmm. and so now almost 25 years later which is insane i, I can know. swing back through and pick it up and and check it out. So I never saw it at the time, but I, I'm really glad I saw it now. I, I want to chat about it for a little bit. Um, I had a great time with it. Yeah. I thought it was a wonderful romantic comedy. Shred. 
Um, I don't know what that means. It means neat. Okay, cool. Um, so they have like a different word for everything. Almost everything. Yeah, kind of like English. Yeah. 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 So uh, I thought French Kiss was great. It reminded me a lot of, there's a really great piece, and I should I should link it on the website when we put this up, by a film critic friend of mine, Jason Bailey. He wrote a piece. What's uh, up, Jason? What's uh, up, Jason? Uh, follow him on Twitter at, at Jason Dash Bailey, but the dash is spelled out because he's creative. Um, uh, so he wrote a piece a couple years ago about the death of mainstream grown up movies and how like financially they're just, that's just not where the industry is right Mm -hmm. now. A lot of that stuff, of course, as you know, is shifted to streaming services. Streaming services are making the TV shows and movies that we used to see on networks and, and big theaters. And now networks and big theaters are just showing really, really broad stuff. Like you'll get Marvel IP and you'll get big stuff like that and you'll get horror movies, but you're not going to get a modestly budgeted romantic comedy for grown-ups. There's, and this is not high concept. Like you can't make a, a like Ali Wong's thing that yeah, she just did. You can't make a, yeah, you can't make a exactly Ali Wong's rom com on on uh, mm-hmm. Always Be My Maybe. That would not get made in theaters now no. because it's a rom com. Like you have to make a rom com in theaters now with a twist, like the Rebel Wilson one where she wakes up in romantic comedy land and it's like a meta commentary on the mm-hmm. genre. Mm-hmm. Like there's no twist here. It's not like. At no point is it revealed that Kevin Klein was a ghost all along and Meg Ryan just had to find the courage within herself to grow up or something. Or like she, you know, she finds a coin and it's possessed with it. No, it's there's nothing like that. It's the everything you see is really happening. It's real. When somebody falls over a table full of desserts and spills on themselves and crawls into the hall, it's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. It is a straightforward romantic comedy for grownups, modestly budgeted, modestly targeted. And this used to be the bread and butter of studios back catalogs for theatrical distribution and then later home video sales. And it's just not now. And so one of the reasons it was so fun to watch and go back was because it was, it was like time traveling to uh, the time when they made movies like this, yeah, yeah. you know, and not in that cheese ball way of like, they don't make them like they used to, because it's just it, the economy is always changing, but like, Oh yeah, they really don't now. So I'll link to Jason's Thanks, piece. CGI. I'll link. I'll link to Jason's piece about how it's just these movies are so hard to come by now, if at all. So it was really cool to see it. Just a great, oh man, like just a romantic comedy. You really just want to see, like, because the other day I saw the the trailer just came out. I think the movie just came out too. Oh yeah, the movie just came out uh, last Christmas uh. with Amelia Clark and a man in a coat, a very handsome man in a coat oh, from Crazy Rich Asians that would make God say how did i do this well he's real handsome i bet his stubble feels amazing but i'll get over i'll talk about that later anyway so i had never heard of this movie until like the day before it came out i saw the trailer and i was like oh cute rom-com and then i read reviews and i actually learned what the plot was about and there's a there's a high concept twist and it sounds ridiculously dumb because that's the only way you can't I was actually really hopeful when I saw the trailer because I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's kind of a garbage fire of a world right now. I could honestly go for just a great, just middle of the road, just a fun, pleasant rom-com. Yeah. And yeah. this, and that isn't that. that. You can't just tell the movie a story now about like these two people falling in love over comic obstacles for 90 minutes. And so it was great to watch Friends Kiss where it's like, oh man, this feels like old school. This is yeah. rock solid. Yeah. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I thought the cast was great. Kevin Klein is such a gifted comedian and actor. Um, of course, you know, Fish Called Wanda, um, just genius, genius comic Oscar. actor. 
won an Oscar for that. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Genius comic actor. He's so good, and he's so good in this. Mr. Man Fringenson. Yeah, because he's <laughs> in the in French Kiss. He's he has to walk a fine line because he's a thief and a cad, and he meets Kate by smuggling stuff in her gear. Yeah, and he re- he wants to be with her for most of the movie. He's trying to stick around her. For nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. But we have to like him enough that we want him to be with her mm-hmm. organically beyond just the conventions of it's a rom-com. They have to be together. Mm-hmm. So he and he really nails it because he's really charming. Yeah. Um, the casting is huge here because they rely, they do a lot of really important stuff. Again, casting Meg Ryan in a rom-com in 95, you're letting not only her talent do the heavy lifting, but her rep from all these rom-coms. Mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle. Um, like, you know, this is a couple of years. Of course, You've Got Mail was two years after this in 97, mm-hmm. I want to say. So um, she's very charming and, and great, too. So it's it's really well cast. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, there were there were so many great moments. Kevin Kline is is really great with the humor because he's... <laughs> Physical and... Uh, yeah, his character's horrible. French, and so he's speaking American. Uh, sorry, speaking American. Mega, 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 Make it too broad. Go over the yes, too broad over mm-hmm, the top. Mm-hmm. But he's really subtle with it. Like there's this time where he's telling a story to Kate on the plane on their flight over about how he lost his virginity to the prostitute outside <laughs> his town. Magda. Yeah, and he says she was uh, not beautiful. And like just the pause he puts in there, and then says not beautiful. It just he just delivers it. It's just you're just watching a pro. Yeah. Just just knock him down left and oh, right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. There's certain things you, that you go along with in rom-coms and that you just kind of say, it's a rom-com. Like, like in Running Scared last last week, guys get shot point blank with shotguns and they jump over stuff and it's fine. You're like, is this really? Wait a minute. It's a buddy cop movie. Yeah. There are certain things I'm just going to accept going into this. Yeah. Whereas like, so like the whole point of this is Meg Ryan's trying to get this guy back. But I'm like, why does she want him back? Why on earth does she want she him? She says it in the movie. I know. Because she said she was too scared to ever... She said, yeah. I'm afraid I'll never, mm-hmm. I'll, that it'll hurt so bad that I'll never be able to love anybody right. ever again. And I'm again. glad that they had her say that because at first I was like, so this dude, your fiance, calls you from Paris, says, I've met someone else, a goddess. I'm ridiculously happy and in love. I'm real sorry. And like, there's like z- zero, there was no real anger, more just like sadness and like, I'm going to get him back. And I was like, man, okay. Like, it was hard for me at first to jump on with that. Because I was like, this guy's being a total dick. Um, yeah. But and we didn't, I, because I guess, uh, you know, we hadn't seen them be together. The first time we see them together, he's packing to go to Paris for the conference. Yep. So we didn't really have a sense of why they really liked or enjoyed each other. Yeah. Um, she has that moment, though, that I loved when, when he's like, I was afraid of getting married. And she's like, wait a minute. You weren't afraid to marry her. And he's like. Uh, yeah, at the end. But um, um, anyway, so, uh, I didn't want to spoil that thing for the people. Um um, I thought Meg Ryan's 90s style was great and very 90s. I also noticed, I think they they intentionally 90s her up toward the beginning because she's very pretty. Um, but for like the first half of the movie, she's dressed like Ellen DeGeneres. 
Um, she was just dressed like the 90s. Yeah, it's but it's all big and baggy and bulky. And I think they do that to kind of like downplay some of the potential chemistry between her and Luke at the start. Luke. Luke. No, not Luke. Luke. You say E, say E, e. and then make your lips say E. So E, Luke. Luke. Oh, Jesus Christ. Luke. There you go. Luke. There you go. Luke. Like Luc Besson. Luc Besson. I've never said his name right either. There you go. I've just said Luc Besson. No, Luc. <sighs> I don't Luc know why they have a different name for everything. Um, I'll punch you in the face. I know. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I love the... There was a really 90s moment um, where she's she's trying to like... Uh, Katie's trying to get her like citizenship approved through the Canadian Citizenship Office of the Embassy. Um, and they call her out for having been convicted of of smoking pot when she was younger and she admits she's like i inhaled but i didn't you know have whatever yes and yes. i was like oh that's such a 90s thing like i mean if you weren't around for the whole for clinton, the clinton yeah did you inhale like i had it but i didn't inhale i passed like if you weren't around for that it it won't register and it won't register as a joke and it's actually it's good writing because if you've never heard of that it still plays well yeah, yeah. because it plays the moment as her being like i inhaled but i wouldn't have like a bigger thing like you could just it it reads as her being flummoxed yeah. it's, it's really great yeah but it was a funny i was like oh man what a that's such a 90s reference like mm-hmm. it's so great um uh i loved uh i loved the the turning point um there's because at one point he and luke luke and kate are on a train together and they're traveling and it's kind of a turning point in their relationship because he's still very much like i'm gonna stick around with this lady just because i i got it She's got the stuff, I think, that I'm smuggling in her bag. I'm just trying to get the stuff off of her. And he is trying to sneak behind her while she's sleeping on the chair in her train compartment. And he's trying to, like, get an arm behind her head to get into the bag she's sleeping on where he thinks the necklace is, is stashed. And she's half asleep and in a dream and rolls toward him and says, Charlie, because she th- she's dreaming and thinks it's it's Charlie, her love. And she leans in and kisses him. And it's their first kiss. And he's so taken aback by it. Um, and like, it's, it's great. Like he doesn't take advantage or go too far, but like, he's, he's really blown back. Like he, he stops and, and has to take a moment for himself. And like the next day is just flummoxed. And of course I've noticed the next day when he meets her up for breakfast, um, uh, you, she's just in like a tank top and she's much more like, she's really beautifully lit. Like he, it's much more like an object of, of desire. And then she has horrible diarrhea, horrible diarrhea and covers back up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really fun, tw- um, not twist, but like a fun reinterpretation or like subversion of the trope. That like their first kiss, quote unquote, as a couple was this misunderstanding where he's trying to steal something back for her and she's asleep. But it winds up being this pivotal moment yeah. for him because he changes his behavior from then on. From then on, he, he is more affected by what he's doing to and for her. Yeah. And it is a definite change for him i will help you get your yeah. charlie he's, if you, if he's you want him genuinely different after that because he really wants to help her because he's starting to have feelings that he doesn't really even realize yet yeah and i thought that was a really cool moment that like their 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 first kiss was not at the end of the movie when the couple you know at the rom-com always gets together but it was halfway through in this unexpected situation mm-hmm. um because i could have seen it going a much more cheeseball conventional way of like 
she rolls in and she says Charlie because she thinks it's Charlie and she kisses him but then she opens her eyes and she's like ugh no and like slaps him what were you doing why were you doing that and he's like I didn't do anything it was you and she's like oh typical whatever Mm -hmm. and leads into some like fight and you're like oh my god like you've seen that scene a thousand times Mm -hmm. so the fact that it was a genuine moment Mm -hmm. that he sits with I was like that was great because it was unexpected you liked that yeah it was it's it was unexpected they found a new way to do it um yeah, I uh, and then of course, yes, yeah, she she next morning she gets up and is like, all oh, this cheese is amazing. And then she, she hasn't eaten cheese in years. And they're on the train, so they have to pull off the train. They have to hop off the train at the next stop, which is his hometown uh, of La Ravel, so she can have like catastrophic off-screen diarrhea because yes. she's lactose intolerant. <laughs> feeling better the cow is all gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh, it's just the, the casting is great they're so charming together uh the writing is fun you see the french casting is great yeah there is a there is such a pleasant reliability not predictability reliability in how the pieces that are set up at the beginning come together mm-hmm it is like, oh my God, like it's just comforting to it watch. It just feels good. A great, well-structured, there's no last act crazy twist. Nope. We're, we're like, oh no. Like Luke, Luke goes home to, you know, when they stop in the town after Kate gets sick, they visit his family for a little while. There's not like a fire at his family's house. Like nothing crazy weird happens. It throws some dumb story twist in it. Like you're like, this is just going to keep going the way I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's really well told. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I was like, I just, I thought it was um, just a really solid, fun, great 90s rom-com. Mm. Um, again, I re- recognize a lot of stuff from the trailer. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. ton of songs that I recognized mm-hmm. from either the trailer or just from being alive in the 90s. Um, and again, like, just a really fun, a fun romantic comedy of the kind that they don't make anymore directly. Um, and so it was, it was fun to see that. Like, it was just... It was really great. And, uh, you know, I was joking with you last night after we watched it that I now have seen firsthand the the movie that has inspired like a thousand references in our relationship or the yes, jokes that you make. Like, I reference it a lot. Do the little ha. Ah, yeah, there's a moment ah. where, where Kate is awkwardly, she's trying to like deflect with a, a casual laugh that sounds really forced ah. and it sounds kind of like that or little references you'll make to like this movie or mm-hmm. like a. Um, so it's fun uh, to see. Great. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And the whole thing of how she's like, I've never seen the Eiffel Tower. And so the first. Oh, yeah. She keeps walking by it and like missing it. That's the it. only thing she wanted to see in Paris. She was keeps the like Eiffel missing Tower. it. It's like behind clouds or she's like. She's a history she, teacher. She, she misses it. Yeah. she She's a history teacher for like no reason. It's mentioned in like the beginning. And I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those like 
Like it's a, it's a very first act thing. We're like, you're a history teacher. You should see Paris. And you're like, you could have just said, you're my fiance. Come with me to Paris. Like it, your profession. Um, but yeah, she keeps missing the Eiffel Tower. And so you're like, she's going to keep turning around and missing it. And then I know she's going to see it at one point, And she does. And you're like, that was just what I thought it was going to be. Yep. Thank you. That was just like, just right, right down the middle. Strike really? all the pins. I was like, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Good job, guys. Lawrence Kasdan. Um, and beautifully shot, too. I know. I mean, like... Wait till you... Wait till I tell you about that. I, I Okay, cool. Anyway, I just want to say, I know I got to talk a lot about this one, but um, I just thought it was a really fun, entertaining, warm movie, and I really recommend that you guys buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Or if you're still in a place where you can rent things, yeah. rent you, it. If you are... Where are you? Where <laughs> the fuck are you? Are you listening to this from the past? How are you listening to podcasts in 1999? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you about this movie. I'm going to tell you. Um, Is that an impression of our niece? It was, yeah. Uncle Dano, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, it was filmed on location, and I think that was the only way to do it. You can't. You can't fake you France. You can't fake this on the back lot, no. for God's sake. There's no, there's no like Toronto on a green screen. Like we can make it work. Paris, <laughs> uh, the well, he's we've we've lost him. Well, it's just like you've got to have the Arc de Triomphe and the Eiffel Tower, and like yeah, yeah. I know. Um, it was filmed in location in in Paris, the Provence Alps Côte d'Azur region of southeastern France and Cannes. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you, uh, film critics listening who have been to Cannes, mm-hmm. then you will recognize it. Never got to go. Um I I'm I think you I never got to walk the croissant. Oh yeah. Um it was released in May of ninety five, mixed reviews, um, because people have no heart or soul. It went on to earn a total worldwide gross of 101.9 blah, 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 million dollars. Okay. So I'm sure it did okay. Like, I'm yeah, like, sure having made that. It made the, uh, it made two-thirds of its money uh, abroad. Right. Made 30-something in the United States, but it made 60-something. That's low domestic. Yeah, but they made up for it. True, they made up for globally. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I I can't retroactively guess what the budget would have been, but like, Maybe like 20, 22 or something? I literally wrote in all caps, why can't people just appreciate a sweet rom-com anymore? Like, well, why? Well, I'll tell you, not to sound like, you know, a get off my lawn, but like, they were everywhere in those days. You know, they took movies for grown-ups for granted. That's you true. Know? Now, if this came out, it'd be a revelation. Just kids in your damn hoverboards. You and your Stranger Things. Um, Here is, this. this is really funny. I... Did not ever think this would come up, but there is, uh, there are actually a couple remakes um, that were done in other countries. One of them is a Hindi remake of the film named Pyar Tohona Hita. It was released in July of 24th of 1998, and I've seen it. Get out. No, when I was spending the weekend is at my friend, it was great. <laughs> and because it's because it's like Bollywood, uh-huh. it had singing and dancing. Nice. Um, I was spending the weekend at my friend Sonia's house, mm-hmm. and that meant that I was going to watch um, really awesome Indian soap operas. Mm-hmm. Listen, telenovelas have nothing on Indian soap operas. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had that on. And I was like, why does this look like French Kiss? Why is this making me think of, wait a minute, this is French Kiss. Yeah, so I watched the That's entire amazing. Hindi version of French Kiss. Um, now, so we talk about how amazing 
Kevin Klein was as Luke. Mm-hmm. He was not the original Luke. Really? It was originally written for Gene Hackman. Guess. <laughs> no, but really, so let me see if you uh, can guess because I bet you can. Ninety-five. This is not tough. Think about think about who would have been a great foil for Meg Ryan as a you know as the. Mm, you got to give me his first initial. That'll give it away. I know. Hey, there's our producer. Our producer. Want? Well, she's mad because she's mad. just she, tell me Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. Uh, and Klein accepted the role when Depardieu was not available. Now I. And one of those weird women who has this total adoration of Gerard Depardieu. Like, it is sizable. Sexy mofo. You are into Gerard. I am. There's this really amazing film, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, when he's young, it's um, it's a French film. It was on, um, it's like The Woman Next Door, I think. It's sexy as hell, and it's so dark. And Jeez. Um, Something is bumping and making a sound and driving me crazy. Um, anyway, I'm a huge fan of Gerard Depardieu. But this movie without Kevin Klein just would not have been the same. I, I really feel like we needed Kevin Klein specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, although, no, I really think we needed him. I really, I, I just, I can't see it with with Gerard Depardieu. I can't. Well, I think it's interesting um, that like it's it's also total inversion. Like Gerard Depardieu, of course, a French actor who would be speaking heavily accented English, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein, an American actor who's just speaking his normal language and heavily accented, with yes. French, just going the other way. Yeah. But and you told me he speaks really good French. You said he speaks really good French. He speaks beautiful French. Which is really impressive. I wonder how, like, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. For like a, for a non-native to be, I mean, you said, you, you yeah. said, because you've yeah. studied French, you know, you can I tell. I've studied, j'ai étudié français yeah. pour dix ans. Like, you know enough to be like, he's not just speaking real French, but to actually, he's doing a very good job. Yeah. yeah. No, he did a really good job, and he spoke it really well. I mean, I always, they, it was funny how some of the French would be subtitled, and some of the French wouldn't, and I was always really proud of myself for understanding the parts that weren't. Oh, by the way, just real quick, I found The Woman Next Door. Uh, it's The Woman Next Door. It's a Truffaut film it's, from 1981. Maybe I should show it to you. Yep. It tells the story of a fatal romance between a loving husband and the attractive woman who moves in next door. Yeah, it's fucked up, and I love it. Okay. Because he's super hot. Wow. But you digress. Sorry. Uh, so let's talk about Lawrence Kasdan, who is a Carlson family favorite. Who does not love Lawrence Kasdan, and why would we love him? Is he responsible for basically all of our favorite childhood movies? Drop that knowledge on him. Um, I mean... The greatest Star Wars movie ever made. Motherfucker wrote Empire Strikes Back with Lee Brackett. What? What? You could leave. You could leave Hollywood after that and you're done. I'm sorry. It's the best Star Wars movie. This is this is what I'm saying. Drop the mic and get out. It's the best. It's a it's a Western we're chase not discu- movie. We're not discussing it. It's yeah. the end. It's like saying, hey, is this is the sky the best thing that has the sun he in did, it? He did, like Raiders. He did. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's he, insane. You know, I mean, there's just, we could go, That's let's just say, look him up on Wikipedia, because we don't have time yes. to go into Lawrence Screenwriter Kasdan's. who worked on Empire, Raiders, Body Heat, Return of the Jedi, uh, wrote and directed I, The Big Chill. Stop. Sorry. You were doing my job. <gasps> no. So he has worked with Kevin Klein on six films. Get out. And I won't. I live here. Oh, that's you. You're the lady from the place. I am. My house. I am. I'm that one that keeps shoving you when you 
when you when your CPAP goes all wonky. You're the lady that keeps putting her cold feet on me at night. <laughs> yes. That's you. Scare the hell out of me. <laughs> I thought that was a ghost. Ladies, if you want to have a good time, stick your cold feet on your husband's, like, just the inside of his thigh and listen to him scream like a little girl. I wasn't expecting it. It was, I was awesome. I wasn't expecting it. And it was so cold. So he's worked with him on six films, five of them that I love. Okay. French Kiss. <laughs> the sixth is a shithole. Well, the sixth, I hate, whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, French Kiss. French Kiss, Grand Canyon. Haven't seen it. The Big Chill. Great. Which, holy shit. The Big Chill is great. I'm holy sorry. Holy shit. It is great for a lot of reasons. It is such a great snapshot of its time. Great cast. It is. It's the boomers. Yeah. It's really fun to watch a movie where a character could be a full-time employed journalist. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That yeah. sounds like sci-fi right now. I know. Yeah. Great, know. great movie. Um, Silverado. Which oh, my we both God. Love. Silverado is so good. I know. Kevin Klein with that badass fucking beard in that movie. I know. That is such a good movie. Calm down. I'm sorry. Uh, now, here's something interesting. Okay. He, um, Kasdan also wrote wrote little, little ball pick up either wrote and directed or just directed or just wrote i can't remember mm-hmm. wyatt earp and that was actually wrote and directed okay so kevin klein was was kind of in line for that oh. and it ended up going to um uh costner costner yeah another kevin no, yeah mm-hmm. no yeah it didn't go to costner oh is he not wyatt earp no what am i thinking of yeah it's kevin costner mm-hmm Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the point is, yeah. uh, and then the fifth movie, which I may show you because it, it has so many people in it that we love, is called mm-hmm. I Love You to Death. If we need like a silly, if we need another, don't, no, no, I don't want you to read about it at okay. all. Oh, sorry. Don't read about it at I all. I won't. Um, if we need another silly movie, um, okay. we'll watch that one okay. because, but don't, you can't read about it at all. I promise. Cross my heart and hope to die. Okay. So now I have a callback to last week. To last week's star, Billy Crystal. Oh, the, no. Oh, we have literally been saying that. Oh, no. All week. We've been saying it to the cats. Oh, no. Oh, no. TCT doesn't know Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The oh, answer was no. Ipswich clowns. <laughs> oh, no. They don't pay me no more. We never practice these podcasts. This <laughs> is just the conversation we'd be having. This is just what we do and I actually this is us at dinner. Basically, I had it is. I had somebody um, comment on a post that I uh, found in my uh, Facebook memories that said I would just love to be able to sit in on your nightly conversations. And I was like, and and so I posted it and said, and now you have the podcast because that is exactly this is just us being us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry. Um, hey, it's free. You're listening anyway, to it. Anyway, oh no. Oh no. The film was originally titled Paris Match. French Kiss? A play on the name of the French, uh, famous French news magazine. However, the title had to be changed after Billy Crystal challenged it with the MPAA as being too close to that of his own shitty Paris set romantic comedy Forget Paris released just two weeks later. Oh no. Okay. Interesting. Well... I think that's for the best because... Well, they ended up using Paris Match for a Woody Allen movie anyway, didn't they? That was Match Point. Match Point. Thank you. Sorry. Paris Match is a bad title. Yeah, but anyway, that's just a, that was yeah. just some trivia for you that Billy Crystal's like, no. 
Like, I don't think Forget Paris is that <laughs> good, Crystal but Crystal said, title. oh, no. Oh, no, that's my movie. <laughs> that's my I'm movie. I'm going to play a referee in the NBA. <laughs> I'm going to be with a super whiny and wife. The joke is that I'm so short and they're so tall. <laughs> And we go out for Ipswich clowns. You know how hard it is not to do this at work? It is so hard not to do this at work. (laughs) so hard not to go, oh no. Oh no, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Are we going to have that meeting or not? (laughs) I need that presentation. I'm Jeopardy. Um, Okay, so I... So... It was when Meg Ryan was being, it was actually when she was sitting, eating the cheese and everything, mm-hmm. that I had the thought, is she the original Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Okay. Um, I don't be- know. Because she was that, like, mm-hmm. you know, quirky, yeah. kind of um, attainable, yet yes. not, you know, think about it. Think about... No, that's really true. She's She's... Pretty but non-threatening. Yeah. She, uh, the, I, I maintain that they, like, obviously she you was... You know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of um, Precious now from they... our show that we love. Oh. Uh, with glasses. You know, Nick... Um, New Girl? New Girl, yeah. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel. So I'm thinking of... Do- je- blah, 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 blah. Bonjour. Bonjour. Zip, bang, bonjour. bonjour. Zoe Deschanel. I'm thinking of Zoe Deschanel mm-hmm. because she is beautiful but non-threatening and dorky and awkward right. and uptight and, and all was, that. I mean it was and it was created for the Natalie Portman character in Garden State. Yep. Um and so like I can see that because like, oh that's what I was saying. Like I know Meg Ryan is very nineties dub in this, but I maintain that like they they bulked her up clothing wise to like downplay her attractiveness. Her sexiness. Because yep. she wears that dress. That yeah, like, bonkers because, hot dress. Again, like, I think it's, it's, I don't think it's an accident at all that the, the morning after they have that accidental kiss and Luke walks into her to see her in the dining car, she's in just the tank top and she's, for the first time, like, much more alluringly framed and dressed. And then at the end, of course, when she sets out to go get Charlie back and, and Luke is really falling for her, she's in that, like, knockout dress. Yep. Like, so they know she's pretty. They're not like, oh, no. We, you know. We, we, got, a- we accidentally we, hired an uggo. We thought we hired a gremlin. No, like, so I... I think that they were they were doing that on purpose to like make her, to to play more on her like uh, the, the the banter and stuff. Um, that's a really good idea. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, because she's yeah she's I want funny. You to think about that. She's funny. She's smart. Yeah. She's her own person. Attainable yet unattainable. Yeah, she's not as. She's definitely not as bad as they would get because they became almost like parodically well became subservient to the male character like in Elizabeth Town or yeah, even yeah, Garden State yeah. to a degree. Um but yeah no that's not a bad know. idea. Okay, so let's talk about cinematography because this one's going to knock you out. The cinematographs. The cinematographs. Not what now I find myself being the Daniel. I'm like I'd like to speak about cinematography now if you don't mind. This um, is the shit I told you in our vows that you were signing up for. Owen Roisman, AST, born September 22nd, 1936, pushing my glasses up, is an American cinematographer. Um, it's not even nice. First of all, <laughs> I don't talk like that. Second of all, you just said pushing my glasses up and you're not wearing glasses. And third of all, when you did that, you did the hand motion to push them up your head, your face and held your finger at the top of your nose for like several seconds oh you're mean it's amazing he's received five academy award nominations for best cinematography for the films now wait for it this is just fucking kills me because okay. i'm thinking about the one that he i'm thinking about french kiss mm-hmm. now 
put this in your mind. Okay. The French Connection. Oh, uh, because of France. The. <laughs> the Exorcist. What? Network. Get out. I will not. Network. Whoa, I didn't, fucking recogni- I didn't even recognize network. his name. Tootsie, which Whoa. we know is in my top five. Brilliant movie. And Wyatt Earp. Okay. Got nominated five times for those movies. French Kiss. How does that fit in? <laughs> well, uh, he clearly knew his stuff. Beautifully shot. He, he's beautifully shot. And so Network, Exorcist. French Connection. French Connection. Tootsie. Tootsie. Yeah, like, and, and wider up in this. Like, and the, I can see it because, yeah, this is like a lighter movie. It's more like a confection kind of thing. But, I mean, a gig's a gig. And you're going to want somebody who's going to shoot this and make France look the French countryside look gorgeous mm-hmm. and handle lots of stuff. You want somebody who's really good with light. Yeah. And they, they do a lot of really good stuff. Like there's, there's also a lot of really great scenes. Like there's a scene toward the end. This is, this is non-spoiler because it's a rom-com where Meg Ryan, you know, Kate goes, she tries to get Charlie and they're, she tries to win him back. And so they're in her dark hotel room, you know, it's barely lit by just moonlight coming in and they're rolling around in the bed, but then they, they stop and they have a conversation. And in another movie, a character would switch a lamp on. Mm-hmm. But they keep having the conversation in the dark, and it's just lit by the moon, but you can see everything. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's way better shot and, and lit and more interestingly done than you'd expect in a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Which, especially now today, it's just like, flip on a light, crank open the lens, just make set the camera still, everything's going to look the same. Yeah. Like, so I see it. Like, those, of course, movies are all very, very different, but like, he also shot Grand Canyon, so he has a relationship oh, with um, with Kasdan. Kasdan, um, having shot three of his movies. I get at it. Least. I get it. It's a, it's an interesting and a really smart choice because he's really good with light and composition. Yeah. and he's known for his gritty style, though, which I find interesting. interesting. And he received an Academy Honorary Award in 2017. I think oh, good. they were finally like, um, you guys, for real, dude. This dude shot the fucking French Connection. This dude shot genius movies. The French Connection is so good please watch the french connection i haven't seen it in years we'll watch it again um and now music which the soundtrack is always my as i've said before my sister and i can listen to any soundtrack of a movie and tell you who the composer is It's weird it freaks my husband out it does i'm not gonna lie i was like recognize this don't you don't you it's james newton howard and he's like okay you're a freak. Yeah, you played me three notes of a trumpet. What do you mean, how would I recognize this? <laughs> so, Could be anything. So we had James Newton Howard, who scored The Fantastic Pretty Woman. and it, got I his... wish that were its title. Mm-hmm. I'm the Fantastic Pretty Woman. I'm the Fantastic. He's done stuff like uh, Prince of Tides. He's mm-hmm. gotten a ton of Oscar nominations. The Fugitive. Yeah, um, okay. He, Michael Clayton. Um, oh my God, I love Michael Primal Clayton. Fear. Um, so just tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. He's done every single M. Night Shyamalan movie. And I will say this. I don't care if you like M. Night Shyamalan movies. The music is always good. Valid. The music for The Village is one of the most beautiful soundtracks I've ever heard in my life. And, Valid. And I'm not talking... That's a fair point. Forget the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. That's I'm a just, fair point. just talking about the music. No, my, M. Night Shyamalan made a movie where trees are upset at people. He has weird ideas. He does. But the music is always good. Yep. So that's James Newton I'll Howard. I'll stand by that. He's rad. Look him up for more stuff. Yeah. Um. Now, this is one, this is, this is my last thing that I had that I thought mm-hmm. you would find that... I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I had not. Okay. Um, from the AV Club, Jesse Hassinger. 
uh, among the countless contributions Roger Ebert made to film criticism, the Kevin Klein mustache principle what? may not rank highest, but it has provided a lasting and extremely helpful I have lens not heard of this. for recognizing one actor's intentions. Put simply, in movies where accomplished stage and film performer Kevin Klein, because by the way, Kevin Klein can sing like a mofo and is brilliant on stage. I've he did seen Pirates him. of Penzance. Yes, I've seen him in Pirates of Penzance. He's amazing. Oh, my God. Um, sports. Okay, in movies where he sports some kind of facial hair, okay. it signals that he's playing comedy. In movies where he's clean shaven, it's serious. It's not ironclad, but even the exceptions tend to prove the rule. When he when he appears clean shaven in the comedy's Fierce Creatures and Wild Wild West, he balances the scales by taking on dual roles in both movies, allowing him to have his beard and shave it too. So, so Ebert's saying that when he's clean shaven, he's, he's it's going to be serious. a serious movie. There are exceptions. I do think Dave, of course, is is an exception. Yes, because Dave's a comedy, and he's clean shaven. No, it makes sense. But Dave is Dave is a comedy. Dave mm-hmm. is also kind of a dramedy. It is a bit of a dramedy. Yep. Dave is amazing. Dave's great. Oh, Charles Grodin, Sigourney watch, Weaver, Frank Langella. Watch Dave. Dave is great. Oh my god. Fuck. The nineties, man. The nineties. The nineties. I miss you, nineties. My childhood. It's my childhood. I miss you. I once caught a fish this big and the little giant robot arms are moving around. <laughs> Dave is so good. Um yeah, he talks about the strange genius of Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is great. Kevin Klein, what I love is Kevin Klein's kids loved Bob's Burgers, and so and they were like, "We want you to do this," and he's like, "Yeah, all right." This so is true. The brilliant, incredible, incandescent Kevin Klein plays a character on yeah. Bob's Burgers. He plays Bob's landlord, Mister Fishoder, who who sings. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's not. It wasn't just like a one-off. Like he's been in a lot of episodes in like major plot points. Like when he sings an electric love. They say Thomas Edison, he's the man to get us into this century, and that man is me. They'll say. What's going on? Where's Louise? And why do Tina and Jean sound like Gail and Mr. Fishoder? It's science, Bob. You're not supposed to understand it. Okay. But I never noticed the curve of her trunk. And I never noticed his electric trunk. We might just have electric It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's genius. There's like the Thanksgiving episodes where he has Bob over at his house. Like, uh, it's just it's great. He's I love great. the fog. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that really comes through in this movie too is uh, one of the reasons I like actors like Kevin Klein is they're like really good all around performers. Like, he's really good at um, physical comedy and also physical drama. He emotes well. Like he he plays it well. Like he nails the comedy. Like I said earlier, it's not too broad. Like it's just the right kind of joke. Um, like he's he's just really fun to watch so i 
I agree. I apologize if y'all have heard something bumping. I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining it. I swear I'm hearing something like bumping and I'll hear it maybe in playback. Weird. Maybe it's the ghost. What? I don't what? I don't like that. There's no ghost. Oh my god. I'm watching American Horror Story again. It's freaking me out. I don't like the ghosts. Um I love this movie. So the soundtrack has a a variety of it has some American music. It has some very, very classic French music. Um, it has Louis Armstrong doing La Vie en Rose. Come on. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, and uh, it has one of my favorite things ever. And I, I may tr- I, I'll try. YouTube is, uh, there. it's just a, there's a dearth of, that's the right word, right? Yeah. Of uh, clips. And I, I, maybe Disney's gone through and just shredded them. I don't know. But it's very strange. Disney will keep stuff off YouTube like ninjas. Like well, they do not play. it makes me very sad. Yeah. At the end, um, during the credits of the movie, um, Kate <laughs> says, uh, Luke, sing that song. Sing the Bobby Darren song. And he goes, Bobby Darren, it's not it's not a Bobby Darren song. It's a French song. It's Charles, Charles Renee. And she's like, well, maybe your guy covered it for Bobby. And he's like, oh, she's like, just sing it. And so he sings La Mer. And it's he has this beautiful voice. And listening to him sing it with the French accent mm-hmm. is maybe more than I can handle. Yeah. Um, because all throughout the movie, he's very growly. Mm-hmm. Everything is very, you know, I can't do the growl, but it's just very like. You yelled growly. at the TV a lot. I Did I yell? At the, what do you mean I yelled at the TV a lot? Just ex- loud exclamations of, of excitement and happiness. I love that movie. At one point he turned to me, uh, Daniel turned to me and said, so you know every line of this movie. And I went, what are you talking? He's like, I was like, am I saying them all? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but it's a great soundtrack because it absolutely captures, mm-hmm. it captures the joy of, of the joy and like frenetic excitement of being in Paris. Um, and it has, of course, the Van Morrison song that's in mm-hmm. every rom-com, Someone Like You. Um and it yeah. has a beautiful, uh, the kind of the love theme um, written by James Newton Howard mm-hmm. that is so gorgeous. And I'll try to play it um, for you guys. But yeah, all in all, I just, I just love this movie. It brings me an enormous amount of joy. I totally see why. I totally see why. Because, and this is not one of those things where like, you don't like something, but you see what someone does. Like, I like this. And I also see why knowing you as well as I do, imagining you seeing this at age 18. Like, I can see why you were like, well, this is all I need out of movies. Yep. I'm done. Shut it down, Hollywood. You yep. weren't going to fix any... You're not, not going to top this. This is perfect. I have found the source. Is it me? It is you. Making little bumpy noises. Yep. Blame myself. Um, I found it. I totally found it. And I'm awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I admit that I thought La Mer... Uh, was beyond the sea. I didn't know it was originally French. Because like, there's. A, do you remember the remember remember how like in the show Lost? See, I was gonna bring that up, but I didn't want to give it away. When it comes up in Lost, I was like, oh, they're singing it in French. I did, that's neat. La Mer. That that must mean that means sea. That's cool. I wonder why it's in French. I didn't know until probably ninety seconds ago when I looked on Wikipedia that it, that it 
was originally a, really a French I song. I literally told you last night that Charles Trenet wrote it. Yeah, I know. I just forgot. Um, and I just, in the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I really thought it maybe they happened at the same time. I thought, I didn't know it was originally a French song and that Bobby Darren's was much later. But I learned that you are frowning so hard. I thought I would get points for honesty. No. No? No. Can I tell them how um, up until like this year, maybe, you didn't know that in The Little Mermaid, the song Les Poissons was um, stood for the fish? Yeah. Tell them. You just les told poissons, them. Les Poissons, Les Poissons. He had no idea that Poisson was fish. Mm-hmm. And it was... I, I, I just didn't know what to do with that information i was seven years old he could have been saying anything in french it could have been made up but how would i know but it was very clear that it was that it was fish he kept picking he was dealing I with all sorts of insides i will he was dealing up. with all sorts of seafood no. weren't there crabs involved too oh my god please let us know if you knew that les poissons First of all, I didn't even remember that was the name of the song. Well, I don't know if that's the name of the song. I'm assuming it's something like that. I'm going to find out. Les Poissons. Let us know if you knew that that was about fish. I love... And be honest. And be I did you I love uh, Kevin Klein at one point talks about, oh, j'adore la mer. Si something, something, si plein de poissons. Yeah. (laughs) Les Poissons. Uh, Hey, that was René Abergenois. In that movie. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He played Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's the man I married. And he's done other stuff. Bonjour. Um, no, but I mean, look, honestly, but again, in The Little Mermaid, it also has Part of Your World and Under the Sea and Poor Unfortunate Souls and Kiss the Girl. Like, it's loaded with, admittedly classic songs, Le Poisson. Easily, like, the most cuttable, forgettable song. But that you... No, no. I don't... You don't get to... Listen. I forgot that song was even in that movie. Take your lumps. Oh, no. You didn't know. I didn't even know it was spelled like that. Oh, my God. Uh, In French, le poisson simply means fish. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... My God. I didn't know that. I also just, for the record, if anyone wants to karaoke... I rock the shit out of part of your world. Like, you will be weeping. I've done that too. I've done that at karaoke. Better than me? Not better than you. Different. Mm-hmm. Different appeal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found my sweet spot was early 90s semi-torch songs. Yeah, you like Stay. Stay by Lisa Loeb was my go-to for a while, but part of your world was definitely, if that was that was. If stay was my side A, then part of your world was my side B. I think we've gone off track. No. I thought this was about me singing. <laughs> I was going to sing for the next seven minutes. So the reason, uh, to mean to wrap it up, we can wrap it up. Are we wrapped? I mean, are we? Yeah. In conclusion, fun, good movie. In see conclusion, it. see this movie. What? What? Yeah. Just whatever you were going to watch. Vazi. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, it was, uh, um. So my hell yeah ties in with this. Mm-hmm. My hell yeah is that um, this winter, uh, Daniel, I'm taking, I'm, I, I love that I say that I'm taking, but I'm tour guiding. <laughs> Do I know about this? I'm tour guiding Daniel through his very first trip to Paris. Paris. 
And I wanted him to see this movie before we went Mm -hmm. because it is a love letter very much uh, to France, to Paris and to Mm. France. And um, there were there were a number of movies that I could have shown him that I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, you know, I really don't like Truffaut. And I mean, I could have showed him like Jules Agime and all that. But like, man, I just wanted to. Well, I think this is a good choice because have a sweet, happy time. I, I think it's that's yeah, that's exactly. It. I think it's a good choice because it's not, you know, there's tons, tons of movies we could have watched about Paris, but given your love for this one and how much you've loved it for your life, that makes it like an extra special kind of fun thing. That's so, exactly right. And I've wanted, I've wanted you to mm-hmm. see this movie for so, so long. I know. And so it was perfect mm-hmm. that that you hadn't, and that we got to do it for this. And for our Paris trip, mm-hmm. um, and yes, which is why we are speaking so much fromage, very bad French <laughs> fromage. Yeah, Daniel's learning the important... de terre. <laughs> He's learning the f- important words that he considers important. L'homme. <laughs> Comment dit-on? Comment dit-on quoi? Uh, baguette. Baguette. I know. <laughs> I painted myself into a corner on that one. <laughs> you did. So what's your hell yeah? My hell yeah is a show that I just started watching on Hulu called Letterkenny. It is... Okay, I've never heard of it. It is hilarious. It is Canadian. Uh, oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, it started off as a web series called Letterkenny Problems. Uh, just real short, like one minute, 90 second YouTube clips. Uh, I think the creator's name is Jared Kiso. I'm just going from memory right now. And then it got turned into uh, a TV series, which is now streaming on Hulu. It's it's only started in, like, I think, 2016. The seasons are really short. Like, season one was just, like, six or seven episodes. Um, and it's set in the, a fictional, tiny farming town in Midwestern Ontario. And there's, like, four basic groups of people. And there's, there's farmers. There's uh, Christians. There's meth heads. And there's hockey players. And so it's just about the dumb hijinks that this group of people get into. Uh, the creator uh, is also plays the main character named Wayne, and he has a best friend named Daryl, another best friend named Squirrely Dan, and Wayne has a sister. Squirrely Dan. Wayne has a sister named uh, Kate. Squirrely Dan is played by a really, really funny Canadian stand-up, uh, Kate Trevor Wilson. Um, it's a really, really funny, funny show. It's sweet and weird and and great, and it's on Hulu. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy, so, like, the episodes are only, you know, 20, 22 minutes. Definitely worth checking out. It's really fun and entertaining. Uh, yeah, Letterkenny. All one word. Um, it's, it's like, it's a fictional town, but it's based on the town where the creator grew up. So, he's kind of, like, riffing on, on his hometown stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's really fun. So, that's my hell yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Also, watch Watchmen. Watch Watchmen. I just felt like saying that. Mm-hmm. We've been really enjoying it. Hell yeah. It well, really, really surprised. Yeah. Extra hell yeah. I love how you're like waving your finger at me. No, no, go ahead. Hell yeah, point uh, two. No, no, hell yeah, hell point yeah. two. Hell yeah, point two. I just watch Watchmen because mm-hmm. we really fucking watch love Watchmen. it. Watch Watchmen. It's real cool. Watch Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't think of a better person um, than Jean Smart for that role. She's great. She's crushing it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's Talk great. Talk about a goddess. Also, tell you what's great. Just seeing Regina King getting great work. Gina you know? King kicking ass. She's and awesome. Taking names. She's awesome. All right. Well, that Good. had absolutely nothing to do with French Kiss, but that's, that's most of what we talk about. That really is. We kind of just go all over the place. It is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we look forward to, I believe um, we're going to um, drop something short next Monday um, and then... Because of the holiday. Something uh, longer during the week. Mm-hmm. So y'all just bear with us, but um, we're looking forward to uh, having Price in studio mm-hmm. to tell us uh, to get super jacked up about... Um, John Wick 2 et 3. John Wick 2 et 3. That was pretty good, right? Moi? Moi? Très bien. Très bien. Je t'aime beaucoup. Tu es jolie. Oh, mm-hmm. merci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fromage. <laughs> I did have shout out to Mark Anid, who used to call me his petit fromage. And one time my dad picked up the phone when he called and um, he and didn't my dad didn't say anything. He before he got a chance to say anything, Mark said, Ah, bonjour, ma petit fromage and starts and my dad's like, Mark, I'm gonna go ahead and hand the phone to Tracy now and Mark was like, I'm gonna die and I was like, Yeah, no, that's that's die worthy. That was mm-hmm. really bad. That was that was cringe worthy. I was his petit fromage. Oh. That's something I love that the French do is they call they call their kids like ma petit chouchou, which is like my my little cabbage. Okay. Ma petit fromage, my petit mm-hmm. like something like my little mm-hmm. something. They like to do that. What's tomato? I call you my little tomato. Oh, that's right. I, I did because in Italy I did that. I tomato. Mio pomodorino. I think it's that was Italian. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll look it up. Look it up and you. Ma petit tomate. Yeah, you called me your pomodorino. Uh, yeah, pomodorino. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. um... Au revoir, bonne nuit. Uh, bon chance. I'm... Bon chance. <laughs> bon voyage. <laughs> I'm now at 90% of my French. Yep. It's it's bon, getting, bon fromage. It's getting dire. Uh, and Good we cheese. Will... <laughs> I think we should end everything oh with that. Oh my God. If bon someone... fromage. I wish myself good cheese every day. Yes. We will see you all next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, have a great one. And watch yourself some French kiss. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. Bye. Au revoir. La mer qu'on va danser le long des golfes clairs a des reflets d'argent à Des reflets changeants sous la pluie. La mer au ciel d'été confond ses blancs moutons avec des anges si purs. La mer bergère d'azur. Infini, voyez, près des étangs, ces grands roseaux mouillés, voyez, ces oiseaux blancs et ces
chanson d'amour La mer a bercé mon cœur Pour la vie, pour la vie. 